You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Coletti. I'm the producer and host for today's show, which is being recorded on location during the ABA mid-year meeting at the George R. Brown Convention Center in downtown Houston, Texas. Joining me now, I have two guests. The first is Miss Ruth Glick, and the second is Miss Nancy Greenwald, and they're involved in the dispute resolution section here for the ABA, but I'm going to have them talk a little bit more about their involvement. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. I'm Ruth Glick, and I'm the immediate past chair of the dispute resolution section of the ABA, a section that is almost 18,000 strong, a section that is composed of all kinds of interesting people, not only uh, dispute resolution practitioners like me, I'm an arbitrator and mediator, but we have a lot of academics and court people and uh, general counsel uh, or lawyers with, with corporations and litigators and students and uh, we are a active section. I'm going to tell you more about it, but I want Nancy to introduce herself as well. Great. Thanks. I'm Nancy Greenwald, and I'm actually a relative newcomer to this section. I've been involved with the section for about four and a half years now, and as I moved from an in-house general counsel position um, in a construction firm into being an arbitrator and a mediator, primarily in the construction field, being involved in the ABA dispute resolution section has been a tremendous boost to my career. Um, it's been a great way to get to know people. It's been a great way to learn more about the dispute resolution field, and it's been a wonderful experience. Great. You said you had 18,000 members of the dispute resolution section. Okay, that's wonderful. So now I'm assuming you guys have some great programs and member benefits? Well, we do. And if you have anything to do with any kind of litigation, you should probably be a member of our dispute resolution section because we offer a number of very um, comprehensive resources. First, you can go to our website and look at all the kinds of papers and studies that have been done. Every year, we have a big annual meeting. This year, it's going to be in Seattle in April, mid-April, where we have over 100 programs with top practitioners and people in the field, so you can learn so much about what's going on. We have yearly training institutes. The Mediation Training Institute is very successful. It's usually a two-day program where folks are really can learn from the top people in the field. We have an Arbitration Training Institute, for which is Advanced Arbitrator Training. And just this year, we're going to start a Negotiation Training Institute. Oh, wow. A lot of things going on. And we offer... Things for everyone, including um, uh, particularly women. We'd like to see women have their fair representation and the number of arbitrators and mediators. And to that end, I was a founder and I'm a co-chair with Nancy of a group called Wider Women in Dispute Resolution. We've done some real phenomenal things, including totally raising the awareness uh, among providers about uh, listing women for potential uh, positions as arbitrators and mediators and raising users' awareness that they should be using women. At least, you know, be conscious, choose women because it adds more, and it's not only for diversity purposes, but it adds uh, richness and fullness and and sometimes leads to much better resolutions. But Nancy, add, add on to this because you've done an incredible job and on our monthly newsletter, our monthly meetings, and it's just 
just been viral in terms of participation for women. One of the things that's true about becoming an ADR practitioner is that many of us come to this after years of experience in particular fields, whether we're litigators, whether we've been in-house counsel, whether it's healthcare or intellectual property or construction. There are a range of experiences that people come to the field with. And when you move into being an ADR practitioner, you are essentially starting your own business over again, and there's an awful lot to learn. You need to learn how to become a member of various rosters, for example, the American Arbitration Association, what rosters are available to join in your state, and how do you really go about the business of becoming an ADR practitioner? Well, one of the things that the Women in Dispute Resolution Group has done is to pull together to provide the tools that folks need in order to move forward in the profession. We do a lot of programs on marketing. Um, Every month we have a teleconference. That's our business meeting but that we begin with a presentation of interest to our members. So actually our monthly teleconference was earlier today. Jeff Zeno, who is the vice president of the American Arbitration Association, did a wonderful presentation on how to grow your ADR practice. But more importantly than that, we are really a very engaged and mutually supportive group of individuals in the committee. And I say individuals because we are women in dispute resolution, but men are welcome to join and many of our members are men. And we provide each other with um, information about opportunities to publish, about opportunities to speak, um, about networking opportunities that are out there. And it's really a community of people helping each other move forward in their careers. And it's and that's one of the reasons why it's gone viral. Um, it's just a great, and, it's a great I, opportunity. And I would say that uh, it, this reflects the, um, the one of the missions of our uh, section is is really to be helpful to folks in their practice. As Nancy mentioned, it is a you're almost a sole proprietor, even though you work for, you know you may work for one of the ADR providers. Uh, so we offer a lot of supportive uh, uh, efforts, marketing tips. Uh, this is for everyone, and uh, I think that's why people are happy to be part of the section. But that's not all we do. I know, Lawrence, you may want to ask me another question, but uh, I'm going to tell you that we have, uh, we've been uh, successful here in the States, but we're reaching out internationally. That's great. And we, uh, right now, our, our current share of the section is leading a delegation to Delhi, India. That's what I've heard. Now, I want to learn a lot about that. So this is, this is wonderful. Um, so now they took off to Delhi, is that correct? And uh, and at Delhi, India, so uh, quite a ways away. And uh, now, what are they doing? What uh, it's a, it's a program. It's a, are they? It's a, a particular event that they're uh, negotiating, mediating. It, it, it is an event that our chair Gita Ravindra put together that now has, I think, 165 to 200 participants, including the top judiciary of India. Wow! And it is a, a meeting in which they're, uh, you know discussing mediation practices as well as the UNCITRAL is trying to draft a directive on enforcement of mediation agreements cross-border. Wow. So there will be representatives from UNCITRAL, from a lot of Asian nations that are out there, a lot of other international folks, and a good contingent of our section is there. And this follows a successful trip we did last year to Vietnam, where a handful of us from the section went and uh, spoke to uh, the top officials there and are helping them write a mediation protocol. 
So wow. we're trying to export <laughs> some of our, our ideas, our expertise. And I must say, a couple months ago, a group went to Cuba, but they can't take any credit for the new change of U.S. policy. <laughs> But we were there first. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this as just sort of a follow-up on that. How is that being received overseas? You know, after you guys arrive and, and work with everybody, how, how is that? Uh, is it sticking? Are they liking it? Or oh yeah, amazing. I mean, you know, they want it. They want more of it, and uh, we want to involve them into our section. And we do have a lot of communication. Uh, it's just interesting what happened with Vietnam. There, there's someone from our section helping them work on that protocol using some of the experience and some of the established protocols that are already used in the U.S. So it's, it's really been, I think, very beneficial. And I think it helps to put um, the dispute resolution field in context, partly um, in, the, in the legal context, but also in the global context. So if you're thinking about this country, We've really outgrown the name alternative dispute resolution is no longer alternative. Different kinds of dispute resolution techniques have been brought into corporations to help not just resolve conflict after it arises, but to help prevent conflict. So it's very successfully being used in corporations, and it's also being successfully used within the courts. And there are a lot of ways in which using dispute resolution techniques can reduce the cost of resolving a dispute and therefore provide opportunities for increasing access to justice, not just among you know, the, the neediest of our society, but also small businesses and the middle class. And if you're thinking on the global context, what you see is that most global you know, multinational business transactions are being resolved through ADR processes because they need the certainty of knowing what the rules are going to be and how things are going to be resolved. And so because we are increasingly a global society, more and more ADR tools are going to be important and law students and lawyers in general need to learn more about what the techniques are, how to use them, and how they are being used. So, uh, Ruth and Nancy, have you gone yourselves on these uh, trips? I went to Vietnam. You, yes, you were in yes, Vietnam? Yes, yes. Okay. And Nancy? I have not yet had that opportunity. Okay. You know, one of the things I just think is so interesting, you know, as we uh, bring, you know, sort of our understanding, like alternative dispute resolution, as I learned it in law school, we're bringing those techniques overseas. I would imagine there's probably some lessons that came back from overseas. So when you were over there in Vietnam, what was your big takeaway? What did you learn through that process? Well, what you learn, and as anyone knows when they're in sort of a diplomatic role, is that you are there to listen first. And much as we do as mediators, we listen. And we're respectful. Their way of doing things may not be exactly on track of the way we're used to doing things. I mean, we're the most litigious society here, and you think that's frightening to a lot of these other countries. They don't have that kind of active uh, litigation. But what, what happens is we learn from them as much as they learn from us. And so it really ends up being a very mutually beneficial relationship. And it, it's great to be a part of it. That's great. I'm super impressed. I, I didn't realize there was so much going on with the uh, dispute resolution section here at ABA. But uh, I want to ask you, as exciting as this has been so far, you know, in 2014 going into 2015, what can members expect in 2015 going on 2016? 
they can expect more of the same and even more. Oh, great. Uh, they can, well, when you well, think about it, what is it, 98, 99% of all cases result in settlement before, uh, you know, they go to a court. So everybody's got to know about this. And everyone is realizing that the high cost of litigation is is just prohibitive, even for small companies, because it's just doesn't make sense. Nancy was alluding to earlier, there are many of the uh, corporations are doing so much in-house for step processes to resolve disputes. And one of our professors connected with the section put together a protocol called PETER, Planned Early Dispute Resolution. Oh, I like that acronym. Yes, we have acronyms for everything. We have other professors doing videos on mock mediations just to begin to train people. It, it's not like... You have to be a quote a mediator or an arbitrator, but you have to learn to respect one another, to listen to what other interests are, to find some way to resolve it that can be mutually beneficial. Um, one of our goals moving forward into the coming year is to make our our programs and to make our section more accessible to members. Um, so. One of the things that we did in, well, we began actually October, was the first regional meeting, which was in Washington, D.C., and Ken Feinberg, who is a wonderful mediator and the, um, the individual who administered and mediated the um, BP oil Fund the Boston Marathon Fund and, the, and originally the September 11 Fund was our keynote speaker, and he has just a wealth of incredible experience and fascinating information. And that's actually on our website for anyone who wants to watch his presentation. The Mid Atlantic Regional Group, which is what we're calling it, has had one additional meeting which was highly successful and has another one planned for March. They're meeting every other month. And in 2015, we're going to launch regional meetings in other areas to give people an opportunity to get together on a more direct and intimate level, you know, and work with other neutrals and folks interested in dispute resolution who are working in their regions. And if I could just say, uh, uh, open invitation for folks. I mean, I'm, I'm sure many out there are, belong to the ABA. Join our section. I don't think you'll ever find such friendly, uh, interested, and interesting people. And uh, it, it's just a good experience. That's a great segue for my last question for each of you. So I'm going to start with Ruth, okay? And I love asking this question. In terms of helping your career, give me your number one reason for joining Dispute Resolution Section. I'm not even thinking of helping my career. I'm thinking of helping me as, as a more well-rounded person and being able to learn from other people all around the country and now internationally, which gives me new ideas, new techniques. And when I'm trying to resolve complex business litigation or learning from other arbitrators that you interact with at the section and just generally making friends with all these people that I have this whole new life that, uh, and I've been a member of for a long time, but I, I, uh, I value it very highly. Nancy? Yeah, I would say that what drew me into the section was the incredible knowledge base, um, the opportunity to be reading cutting-edge articles in the field that I want to be working in, and that's invaluable. But the sense of community and direct interaction and just friendship that Ruth talked about has been a wonderful and 
initially unexpected development as as part of my membership in the section. And we even, we sort of don't have the senior partner down the hall that you can call to you know, talk through something, but we do that with each other in the section, and that's also incredibly valuable. Fantastic. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our uh, time for our program today, but I want to thank our guests, Ms. Ruth Glick and Ms. Nancy Greenwald, for joining us. And quick, before we sign off, you know, I know you guys traveled from a very long distance to be here. Uh, Ruth, where are you from? I'm from uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Great. Where, where it's warmer weather than it is in Houston right now. Which is, a, <laughs> that is ironic. So, yes. and Nancy, where are you from? Um, I've come from West Hartford, Connecticut. And as cool as it is in Houston today, it's much colder there. <laughs> All right. Well, if our listeners want to get a hold of either of you and ask questions about dispute resolution section, how can they get a hold of you and find I you? I have a website and an email. It's ruthvglick.com. And I can be reached at ngreenwald at construction.org. Excellent. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.